Yeah, Bob was one of my best friends. Uh, I think about him every day still. He uh, and this is it really in his honor. I mean, this was his vision, and you know, the Gypsy Cafe, the actual physical. Welcome to our podcast. We'll be sitting down with musicians backstage getting all the stories you want to hear. Because we all know the best stories happen backstage. This is Tanya Little, the Red Dirt Queen of Hearts. And this is Leah Ray, the Queen of the Silver Dollar. And we are Backstage Queens. It's roar of the crowd. She's dancing like a gypsy. Too alone to be proud. Something that she's running from Or is she standing to fight Will she ever remember what it was That she did last night Is she living in a nightmare Or is she chasing a dream Is it such a privilege to be a backstage First off, welcome. Thanks again for tuning in. We know there's a lot of things you could choose to listen to, and we appreciate you checking us out. We have um, a two-part episode here for you. Um, In the first part, you're going to hear Scott Evans, Brad Piccolo from the Red Dirt Rangers, uh, Kel Lester, and Monica Taylor. And all of these guys are, what we're at is we're still in the 2019 Bob Childers Gypsy Cafe. And this was actually before the festival started and it was out at the farm, which of course, if you know about the history of the red dirt scene, the farm is where it all started. So it's kind of hollowed sacred ground. Um, and these guys are going to tell us a little bit about that because most of them were there. In the second part of the episode, we have Rick Riley, a Haystack Foster. Ben Brock, uh, Zach Wenzel, Bryce Dykus, and Rick Owens makes a little cameo here and there. You'll hear his voice. And now Rick, of course, has been around for a really long time. If you haven't checked him out, you will have to check him out. He um, hosts the Tuesday Night Music Club every week, which is he talks a little bit about. Of course, we love Haystack. He's amazing. And then some of the new guys that popped in to just tell us about what they're up to these days. So here we go. We are out at the Gypsy Cafe farm right now for the Red Dirt Relief Fund Gypsy Cafe pregame party with a bunch of musicians. We've got some great music going on in the little barn. You might be able to hear it in the background. So we may have some guys coming and going. Right now we have Kale Lester and Brad Piccolo and... Oh, I'm interrupting, aren't I? No. Scott Evans. Welcome, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you today? Great. We're doing excellent. Enjoying the hospitality. We're just reliving our wasted youth. <laughs> at the same place we wasted it at. Was it really wasted? <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was just a joke. <laughs> it was an investment. Yeah? Yes. yes. We're reaping the returns on that investment now, yes. Very nice. <laughs> we can start out by talking about the farm. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your history with it? Right here is the kitchen, basically, I think. Or maybe this is about where the porch would be, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, the front porch, the kitchen in the door, there was a little side porch. Yeah. Um, cheap place to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? How However many people lived here, split <laughs> <laughs> that was the that How was did the, you uh, stumble into it? I don't even remember. I had been out here to a couple Good of choice parties. of words, though. Stumble. <laughs> and <laughs> somebody, uh, there was an opening or a room was empty. They just got offered. There were six rooms. Here, six rooms. six rooms, and the total rent was one hundred dollars, divided six ways. Oh, very nice. So, so bills, rent, all of it was about one hundred twenty bucks. I wish I could get that gig. Well, during the summer when we ran the air conditioner obsessively. Oh wait, there was no air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So, um, tell us how you all know each other. We don't even know. I think uh, probably we probably met out here at the farm would be a good. That'd be a good very guess. Very likely. Very likely met right out here. Um, there was a lot of jams on the porch, like acoustic guitars. Um, and it, was, it wasn't it was until later that the actual Gypsy Cafe building over here was starting to be used uh, by Bob Childers. But before that, it was on the porch, by the campfire over here or whatever. Um, I mean, I had so many lifetime revelations, like up in these trees. Where I'd climb, you know, really? be, be, well, don't ask why, but everybody was climbing trees and stuff at the time. <laughs> Especially that one over there. And there was one right here, I think. That's down now. It's down now. Yeah. That was the main one. That was right under the, was over the fire. This one was the sapling, and there was nothing but, uh, over the fire. That hump right there yeah. is the fire pit. If somebody got out there and carefully excavated that, there would be scandalous artifacts. <laughs> and probably somebody's skeleton. Yeah. You never know. So basically, this is like sacred ground, and this is kind of where everything has molded. A lot of things started out here. Mm-hmm. A lot of things happened. Um, and this gave uh, a lot of musicians that had never had gigs before a chance to kind of get their chops up and get your confidence. And then from here, the next leap was to Willie's, where you get like actually get paid like 20 bucks or something for a gig. But, I think my, so, the first time I ever remember it was, remember when the Fave would do those reunions? Yeah. Every year, yeah. once a year? The, uh, Stillwater Musicians Reunion at Willie's. Right before the Rangers, really. I think that would have been the first. That was our first gig that we got together. We weren't called the Rangers, but we had a. He, he asked us to open the show, so Parts we. Of the, that whole band kind of came together, right? Yeah, there. we did. I might have been there for that. I think you were. You I was guys... working at Backstage Music with Mike Shannon. That's how I kind of met you all and Brad James. Finally Brad James knew you guys. And played with I, thought, I thought you weren't working at all. Well, the Rangers weren't even a band at first set out at the farm, right? You guys didn't even. Um. Well, we started in. Uh, 1989 so it was here it was in Oklahoma City it was also in uh, you know I think Coop had told me he didn't even play an instrument at first when he we were all friends in our band me and Ben and Coop and some other guys that uh, used to we used to play Bob Wiles Scott Bucks and so we were all friends before we ever played music together psychedelic zydeco yeah right 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 it was a really eclectic well we didn't know what we were doing we weren't good enough to be a cover band no so from the very first gigs we started writing our own songs well how did you start in with all of this when when did you that's a good question did you ever come out with your dad when it was still in its maybe probably I don't I really don't know you might have been brought out here when you were so young it was just another place to flop around or these guys gave me whatever they're using to climb trees and I got lost and climbed the tree (laughs) (laughs) stayed up there for 12 years came down with a beard that works yeah. So, what's your favorite children's story while we're here? Oh, jeez. Um, well, right where we're standing was a kitchen floor, and 
it had gotten pretty bad over by the bathroom. Um, it was rotting and falling through, and we decided we needed to replace it. So Childers was a pretty good hand. He'd done a lot of carpentry. Charlie uh, Davis was a construction management degree. So he was a freaking professional. Nice. And I was, you know, didn't know come here from Sikkim. I was, at the time, didn't know anything about carpenters. I'm just helping. Mm -hmm. And we're tearing it all out. And uh, the way we chose to discard it was just start the fire up and go through all the whole kitchen floor. Nice. Something kind of symbolic. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you saying like right here was a house? Right. This is yeah. the house where they really? live. Really? It, okay. it was a two-story house that was uh, one of those... Houses you could order like at Montgomery Wards or mm -hmm. Sears. It was one of those kind of houses. Yeah. yeah. They got rid of the, the. Well, you had to put it together yourself, but yeah. you bought a truck, came out with all the parts, <laughs> and you put your house together. You know what you're doing. Yeah, there was a, a storm cellar here too. It's gone too. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I just now noticed. <clears throat> so that helps me get my bearings. That's about where that was at. <laughs> We're right behind. So how did the you're fine. the kitchen remodeling go? Well, it was funny. It, we, they ended up getting in a fight. Um, <laughs> see, none of this is Are you perfect. talking about me again? The bathroom <laughs> was a slab, and it was a little oh, yeah. lower than the rest of the, of the living room. And so, two visions One was Charlie Davis, no, it has to be level, and we'll just make a little area over there that pitches down. Childers said, no, 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 that's dumb. We just need to, like, let the whole thing sort of, you know, roll. bend a little, just roll down in there, and then you won't have any fancy joints. And I'm standing there listening to these two, you know, propose their arguments and disagree. Philosophical and differences. And I decided, well, we need a third, and I went, you know, Charlie... Bob is making a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. At which point he threw down his hammer and said, Well, fuck you, you do it yourself. And then Bob went, Well, goddammit, he walked out. So now I'm standing there with, you know, standing on the dirt where there's supposed to be a floor at some point. And I think I proceeded on. I think I understand what he was talking about. Let all that settle down. The next morning, I went to play the gig. The next morning, I wake up at 2 in the afternoon just in time to come downstairs and turn the corner right as he's dropping. And the last piece of plywood that was all cut up right in the place without having to make a bunch of wood cuts and stuff. So, Bob's right, Charles is wrong. Did he ever admit it? <laughs> no. He did not do that. Yeah, he was a precious guy. There was, there was a bulldozer down there. The city had parked a bulldozer down there by that bridge. And we needed some driveway work. It was bad. Uh, Somebody Something happened, <laughs> and uh, we needed a bulldozer to finish grading the material that ended up. I think he told me that story. The driveway. Yeah. Um, you can edit this, right? Yeah. Well, me and Charlie were going to go down there and hotwire that down bulldozer and drive it down here and fix the driveway. And he was all. So we went down there and worked on it for about an hour. Thanks for being a bad bitch. That old driveway. So tell us a little bit about the bands that you were in. I uh, just met You know, like, how did they get started? All that good stuff. Medicine Show started with um, me, Donnie Wood, Kenny Early, um, just as an instrumental band, basically. The day that they came, the first time we ever came over to jam. We played for about two hours, and somebody knew a club owner that gave us free beer, and so we threw everything in the car and drove down there and played yes. for like three and a half hours <laughs> for free nonstop with no lyrics, just an <laughs> instrumental freak out. I think those guys uh, dropped the tab of acid because well, you know, that works that's what too. you do. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know creativity. This. 
Um, and that became like the skeleton crew. We started playing shows, and then we met Brad James, who knew a bunch of songs. And thought I wanted to make one for all the chicks in the show. But righteous, man, mm -hmm. so he joined. <laughs> and we played the medicine show. Well, you know, about nine, years. nine years. Very nice. What about the Red Dirt Rangers? Well, uh, you know, I'm st still talking about the medicine show here. These guys were like our uh, our brother you know, band. Like they were our little brothers, man. They were. But in some ways, some ways you guys were like little brothers to us. In some ways, we were like cousins, brothers, whatever. But uh, and our our our. our uh, Paths like paralleled a lot during those days because we all we both played in Colorado a lot and the Front Range and we knew all the same club owners and the weird hippies in seven different parts of the country you know so they chose together um, like one of the <coughs> one of the uh, glues that held us together or at least it was a starting point was like Jimmy Carstein. He uh, played, ended up playing with both of us at different times. He's a great, great, famous drummer. Uh, from he lives in Tulsa. He's uh, got some great history with all the great rock stars in the world. I mean, he's got stories that he knew him and all this. But anyway, so uh, he was kind of a a, a linchpin. Yeah, he was. Well, he he was a hub in the wheel. Brad had his number from when he'd been out in California, and when Kenny broke his collarbone and was going to be out for however many months, Brad was like, "No, I can call this." It was love at first sight, wasn't it? Oh and that's the way it was for us too. He's, you know, he's real he's not a real tall guy. He shows up in this nice buttoned-up shirt with it tucked in and a belt on, and his hair is all coiffured, perfect, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> this is not your normal hippie. Uh, yeah, Jimmy's played on a lot of great And at the time, he lived in a van. <laughs> Even it better. It was a great, it was, I mean, it, van is an understatement, because it was like a little mansion. They called it the Disco Palace. Disco yeah. Palace. It had carpet in it. And oh, yeah, it had, I mean, it had everything. <laughs> shower. Shower. Yes, it was a conversion van. This company would take a van, cut the frame apart, make it add wider. Two feet to it. Oh, wow. uh, made it two feet wider oh. than a regular van, and nice. they put a big shell on the back of it. Cool. And you could get 13 people in there. That was it. That's impressive. That's it. <laughs> like, That's yeah, impressive. And we did have 13 in there on many occasions. People would give joints in the van, right? So we'd go out and get the truck. Hey, man, somebody gave me a joint. And he'd go, oh, my God, give me that thing. And he would get his little kid out, and he'd open it up, the little scissors, and cut it open, and dump Surgery. it out. Take, yes, and he would take one of these joints, finally grind the wheat, and it was never quite nice, you know. Get it to a good consistency, and then roll the skinniest little joints you've ever seen. So he could roll three out of that one. He would roll, like, five. Yeah, right. It was like a toothpick. It's how big it was. a Nashville toothpick. Because he was a he was kind of a, he was an early connection. Yeah. Kale, tell us about your jump into the music scene and what you've been doing. 
Uh, I've not been doing anything really musically. I was working on that house and it feels like that's consuming my whole life. It does, but you've done some cool stuff. Tell us about your previous music stuff. Uh, well, there's, uh, there's some stuff out there, you know. That iteration of that band uh, separated and kind of started doing my own thing and started recording an album about a year ago. But I got real busy with the house stuff and I haven't been in the studio since August and it's really starting to eat me alive, you know. How done is it? How much work have you got left? I would say probably like 20% left. Some vocal stuff to do. It's pretty close, but just haven't had time to go and really devote any time to it until I get to a better place with the house stuff. Building a house takes time. And you're going to yeah. hop into it after you're done? Yes, like the day after we move in, I'm planning to go spend the next week and a half at the studio and try to finish that up. And you were recording at Castle Rose, Castle Rose Studios in Dale City, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, that's, uh, that's my same buddy place Luke Talon is Oh, yeah. Luke Talon, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I've been really fortunate and really happy that it worked out the way that it did to work with Luke and stuff. And, he's, he's awesome. Uh, we have a lot of the same vision for everything. I like a lot of the same stuff, and that makes a big difference in, you know, keeping a good mood going. I've been hearing his name pop up here a lot lately because we interviewed uh, Ben McKenzie, yeah. he's doing and his. so he's yeah. doing his. And so yeah, Ben Ben's doing one, and so is Isaac McClung. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's now you have some too. cool players on this new album. Who's all helping you out with that? Uh, really, I've worked him to absolute death. Yeah. On he he played. Uh, I think all the bass parts now, and most of the lead guitar stuff, and harmonies, and Ben's done some harmonies, and Brian White came and played some guitar on that Fairly Well song, and Luke played drums on everything, so that's the other big bonus of Luke engineering it, is he can hold down your... Your percussion stuff, that's nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Rick. Rick Owens is joining us here. Hi there. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Great. Yes, I'm great. Let's turn our topic to Gypsy Cafe. How many years have you guys been doing this thing? Uh, how many years is this? Is this four or five? This eight. is technically eight. Eight? Yeah. I heard eight. Eight. Have you been Octo. in it from the beginning? Well, they were in it before it was a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bob was one of my best friends. Uh, I think about him every day still. He, uh, and this is really in his honor. I mean, yeah, this was his vision, and you know, the Gypsy Cafe, the actual physical building. In fact, we're we're talking about uh, getting uh, some, trying to raise some funds to rebuild it. And, uh, that would be awesome. And I, you know, I know we should, you know, I know there's a lot of good carpenters in our scene, and and there's talk of uh, like maybe the OSU architectural department getting involved and stuff. So anyway, this is all speculation, but I think it will be rebuilt. And uh, I would, I hope it does, and I hope it's true to the original spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the trick's going to be finding those kind of bricks. Yeah, I think they're still available. But hey, Brad, can, can I ask a question? There was a talk at one point in time about making this a historical site. Is that still? Have you heard that? Uh, or is that still being? Kicked I don't know about as far as like how you do that officially, but in my mind, it is. Well, no, yeah. not really. I, think, I think that there was. Uh, I think the Red Dirt Relief Fund is looking at possibly putting in. A, a, I mean, yeah, there. There are places yeah. around Oklahoma that sometimes it's somebody's house when they were whatever. I think it, it should definitely, if there is a, a, such a thing, yeah, this should be yep. one of those places. It needs to be yeah. preserved as a historical site. But, uh, I, you know, Bob, he's uh, his presence is everywhere out here, and this really festival is all about him. And it's been great because we've got to incorporate the Red Dirt Relief Fund, uh, which is a cause that really came out, that came along after Bob had died. But uh, some of the things because of Bob were the beginnings of it like how do we take care of our older musicians who I mean you know he was 
pretty much down and out financially. He had, you know, went through some his house, his trailer burned down out here. He was homeless. So, you know, and we were in a helicopter crash, and people came to our aid and donated money. So we thought, now this somebody needs to consolidate this because there's really people wanting to help. So I'm glad it, it turned into the Red Dirt Relief Fund. Yeah, this is my first year here. Yeah, out here, and so, so I can already feel like, you know, I don't know. It's just some kind of weird. Yes, yeah, spirit. I don't know. It's 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 nice and it's calming and yeah. just to hear the music in the background and everything like that. But, uh, it's almost it's, it's real cool. Days of the year. Yeah, it's like you a family reunion. So it is. It was a wonderful place to live. I mean, it was so crazy. Just people would drive out there all the time to just play music or just see what was going on. So stuff constantly happening. You know what I mean? Just, I think I have the prizes the most uh, the most often couch guest. I yeah. slept on the couch <laughs> and there were some tricks to sleep on the couch because you had to have, always had to check for fiddlebacks. Oh. <laughs> like look around on it real good. <laughs> Upstairs bedroom. Over oh, it had some too. I know. That's the one where Brad James lived in there, and there was a nest of brown recluse spiders oh. in there, and it, it was a common occurrence. I said, "Yeah, I wake up with them and brush them off." I mean, oh, he all would. you gotta do is move a little bit, and they run off. They get called recluse for a reason. Yeah. And that's, what they got yeah. and that's no joke. <laughs> well, he he ended up. Lucking out, he tried all kinds of hippie treats, like baking soda, smoking weed, get on it, rub some dirt, and finally went to the doctor. The doctor was like, "Well, you're very lucky that you have to go to the people that's not allergic to it. The response is allergic, but when you do, it's horrific, right? Yeah. What's one of your favorite farm stories? Memorable. Um, the, that story about the uh, burning the fireplace up, <laughs> burning the kitchen floor. Yeah. Uh, the, all of them revolve around the fire. Something magical. All, all of them revolve around the fire. Um, the first night I ever met Jason Bowling, he was like 19 years old. Wet behind the ears. The, the sun was literally coming up. And you know, I'm sitting out there thinking, Still alert. I'm sitting up. He's still awake. Um, but I'm fading fast, right? And there's people passed out in the grass, literally. And he was like, Mind if I sing a song? I looked at him like, uh, Sure, kid, whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, you don't gotta ask me. Just play. And he played Proud Soul. And at that time, most kids that age would be playing some cover tune. Yeah. And here he was writing his, you know, playing his own song. He plays this song on me that was so freaking good. I remember thinking right off the bat, going, You're not old enough to have written a song like this. First of all, this is fucking great. And when he was done, I felt so so good. What was your name again? Yeah. That's another good story. I remember the uh, my favorite story is when uh, uh, the night I met Jimmy Lafave, and it's probably one of the first few times I'd ever been out, been hung out with Bob Childers too. But it was right here, it was on the porch, which is probably about right where we are now, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of weird, but and uh, there was a jam going on. It was after it was about three in the morning after the Jimmy had played uh, at a place uh, on the strip, and there was a party, which often happened out here at the farm. And there was uh, he was playing his guitar, and there's a bunch of people around singing and stuff. And uh, it was the first time he he said uh, 
She looked at me and said, "Won't you play us one?" I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> that, so that was the first. He got me to play, actually play for the first time in front of people, and it was like the, all there was there was like a guitar that only had like four strings on. It was like here at the part with one of those old nylon strings. I kind of teamed it up, and <clears throat> of course, you know, in a fave fashion, she probably said something like, uh, "I like what you're trying to do there," <laughs> something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was a jokester, and I, and I miss Jimmy too. You know, there's so many people that have passed that uh, kind of all all got together out here at the farm, and it just, that's what I always think about when I'm out here. Yeah, absolutely. I know when I uh, interviewed Brandon Jenkins before, he said the first time he'd come out here, he walked up and it was night, and there's this fire burning, and he walks up and he expects people to be like, "Who are you? What are you doing?" And he says, "Children just turned and said, welcome And he was like, "That was the, that was it. That was." That was he was like, it was just a voice in the night. I couldn't even see his face. There was just this, welcome. welcome. He's like, and from Oklahoma, usually you walk up, you might have a shotgun in your face. Or like, what are you doing here? But, and that's it, that everybody was welcome. Nobody was shoot off. So if you could give one description or one word that describes um, Mr. Childers, what would it be? What word? I know the word. I know the word I would use. <laughs> What's that? Free. Free. Yeah, more than anybody I ever knew. Yeah. He was completely untethered from people's expectations. And, you know, I mean, he, he dealt with them like all the rest of them. He dealt with them so beautifful. He just did what he did, and it did him. That was it. You know, I, I always think of his nickname, Baba Raw. So I always think Bob or Rob when I think about Bob. And another thing about Bob, you know, we were so, he was one of my best friends ever in the world. And he happened to, you know, choose my birthday to die on. So, every, well, I mean, at first I thought this, this is going to be a bummer. But now every time on my birthday, I think about him every time. So it's a really turned into a great thing. <laughs> right. Day of the White Buffalo. Earth Day, birthday. Birthday, birthday. Oh, speaking of all of our fallen heroes, though, anybody got a good Skinner story? <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few. The first time I ever really spent any time around Tom, I'd gone down to Durant. Dad and Tom and Mike were going to do a, a, an acoustic set at some sports bar or something. I don't know how it even came up. And Dylan Stewart was opening the show. <laughs> And Dad and Mike were supposed to go sing the national anthem at this rodeo after sound check and before the gig, which I thought was going to be hilarious. And it was, it was. <clears throat> but before he went, uh, they went to a different room to rehearse, and Tom is laying on the hotel room bed with a guitar, and his feet are on the floor, and he's just laying there, and he's just picking and singing songs, and I'm standing in the corner going, holy <laughs> is slaying me it just effortlessly laying on this hotel room bed it was the coolest version of Tangled Up in Blue I've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah he uh, knew infinite amounts of songs yeah it was just so nonchalant for him too you know like there was no effort going into it yes I marveled at his ability to recall songs it was like, unlike anybody else most most everybody it's like oh I used to know that old song and there's a moment of pecking it out uh-huh. and recalling it with him started Dang. and he remembered every line and every chord all the way through. Hi Monica, Monica yeah. Taylor is joining hey, us. Hey Monica, How are you? nice dress. It's beautiful. Oh, She's got her Randy Crouch necklace. That's awesome. No, Hank did it. Hank did it. Very beautiful beadwork. We're telling our favorite Skinner stories right now if you got one. Right. You know, I remember right. standing, well, one of my favorite things that I got to 
day with Tom was hanging out at the Owen Lynn's cabin out near Tahlequah for three or four days with him and Craig and others. Maybe there were some others. But now we just sang song after song. It was like song after song that I never heard him sing before. Songs like he'd say, oh, hey. And then he'd play it and I'd go, where did that come from? He was a library of songs. Every time I ever heard him play. Every every single set he ever did he played a song that I'd never heard him play before not simple songs they're always like some thing with a beautiful grid or some slippery you know chord Elder Chamblin kind of chord Good, work I'm proud of you. God Tom where do you come up with break these songs Oh, I used to, just basically everything he ever heard, he could recall. It's amazing. Uh -huh. And I always marveled at that. Yeah, it's impressive. It's like right. his memory no, no. wasn't there until it was emotional, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. as soon as he started the song, something about the, the way the song felt then. And he would remember every word. And every nuance would yeah. You know, I, I, I guess that's the way it should yeah. be. Emotional memory. I'll never forget the uh, the last uh, couple of weeks of Tom's life, and it was one of the most emotionally powerful times in my life, simply because it was 24-7 a vigil for Tom, and it was a concert going on 24-7 for two weeks, around the clock, and Tom would kind of wake up and smile and maybe suggest a song or tell a story, then he'd go back, and we, I mean, just, you were there, I mean, it was, it was so powerful. Where you get those goosebumps mm -hmm. every time, yeah. Yeah, he's, they're both missed. Yeah, we were telling children's stories too. Do you got one you want to share? What did he say? He said, I just came over to see you. Here, this new girl in town. No pressure. Yes. That's the first story. Mm -hmm. And what was his nickname for you? Uh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> removed from a diva. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, that's my favorite, the Cimarron song Cimarron part. Cimarron yeah. I'm blushing again. Aww, he can still make you blush. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for dropping in. What kind of meeting is there? Oh, how's Coop? Have you talked to him yet? Is he gonna? He was sick as a dog, Aww. man. Aww. Oh, you can you can handle it if, if you need to. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs>
So one of the questions we ask all of our guests on Backstage Queens is, um, what is the craziest story that you have backstage that you can share with the, the public? <laughs> <laughs> the craziest backstage. Uh huh. You could have just witnessed it. Doesn't have to involve you. I almost walked off as I'm gonna go too. <laughs> you missed your right. chance. I know, right? Bus load of Swedish volleyball players. <laughs> True story. Right. We were at the Canes. The Canes. And that's as much as I can. <laughs> that's all you get. Oh. Well, totally <laughs> you had me hooked. I don't, I don't really remember crazy. I mean, I don't remember. Nothing comes to my good things, but it's all so crazy. I bet you do. Yeah, Brad, crazy backstage say, story. Brad yeah. Piccolo's got a. Well, I mean, I guess there's so many, but I like right now, we, since we were just talking about Tom Skinner, um, it was one night, um, and this was, you know, a couple years really before he died. It wasn't that long. And he was still, but he was still, he did gigs all the way up until the very end, but he was, and I think it might have been. Not at the Canes. I can't remember where it was. But it was some gig we were doing. And uh, he got so into it that he ended up crowd surfing. Nice. Uh, I saw a picture. I, I, I took pictures. a picture. I've got a picture yeah. of it. Awesome. I mean, he, and then uh, he, he did he it. it. And yeah. he was like, and he got up and he goes, damn, I'm doing that again. And he jumped on it again. <laughs> two rounds around the plate. It was awesome. It was so good. Yeah. He had to do it again. And you might you might tell them why though it's important under that stage. Yeah. It's the original Bob the original Will stage. stage is yeah. still down underneath yeah. there. That Bob Will stood on. So you can get the new stage is big enough and expand. And they left a piece of it there, I guess, for posterity. They could have just torn it out, but I'm glad they left it. We've heard a couple of understage stories here recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I was there that night. Somebody was taking pictures. I said, don't take pictures of smoking weed. I got into that stage with Randy Crouch one night. What? I got into that stage with Randy Crouch one night. I had been there before. I had been there one other time before, and it, it is an experience that you have to do. You have to crawl under the stage and get on the original Bob Will stage. Oh, yeah. But uh, Randy was back there. I think it was for a Red Dirt Christmas, I, I think. I don't remember. But uh, he says, oh, yeah. And he starts telling stories about how he used to go to the Canes Ballroom, you know, back in the day, whenever it was a dance, dance hall, you know. And that, that wasn't, it was kind of outside of town. Yeah. Tom, Tom told me one time uh, when he was first started playing guitar, he uh, he was really into. He didn't know how to play very good yet or whatever. But he went to see at the Canes. He went to see a uh, nitty gritty dirt band. And this was uh, and he he said he you know, he had a few beers. He got kind of drunk. But anyway, he was sitting there and they they were playing and he was so into it. And he said there on the stand there was a guitar just sitting there. He goes I couldn't help myself. So he jumped on stage, grabbed the guitar, started playing. He said the next thing he did this big hairy guy just tossed him right out back on the decades on his face. Whoops. <laughs> he, he took a chance. He but uh, a chance. He, uh, he said he couldn't help it. He was so into it. He just went up there and started playing the guitar. It inspired him. That's awesome. Well, we, we appreciate you joining yes. us and jumping in for us. Thank real you quick guys we appreciate and the stories we're looking forward to hearing everybody play today yeah. it's going to be a Thank good you. day yes
Angela Kim, and you are listening to the Backstage Queens. Cafe at the farm. We got a few fellows around here that are going to talk to us about some music. So, why don't you introduce yourselves, guys? Hi, it's Ben Brock, Kevin Haystack Foster, Rick Riley. Yeah, I want, what, what's your favorite part of the Gypsy Cafe, Dave? Uh, all of it. All of it? Yeah, all of it. This is my eighth year. And, uh, I find different parts of it at different times mm -hmm. to just be exceedingly fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. How you follow something like that? <laughs> uh, man, this kind of this part right here, the sitting around and jamming with everybody, yeah. that's kind of stage show's great, but getting to pick each other's brains and pick a little bit, you know, that's that's what I think. It's a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. This is my first year, so uh, yeah, so you're taking I'm it just, all in. Yeah, I'm taking it all in. Um, I know for a fact it's already, it's it's cool, you get to hear a lot of the people that you don't get to hear normally because I'm busy playing my own gigs, so yeah. I get to hear a lot of friends and stuff like that. So, I, I know I've heard a lot of people say that because you're on the road doing your own thing, unless you're playing a show with someone, you don't get to see them, so this is like a family reunion. So you get to meet up with people uh -huh. and catch so everybody. It's probably the best thing about festival season yeah. is that, right? I bet. Yeah. Get a reunion with everyone, yeah. for sure. And it's, you meet new people, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've already met a lot of new musicians that I haven't heard yet. It's a good networking. It's awesome, yeah. yeah. And then you can be like, hey, let's play a gig together. <laughs> it's how it works. Yeah. It's a family. Yeah. Bunch of hookies in the same spot. Yeah. Not really that way. We're going to get some good music out of it, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about your history into the music scene. About my what? Your history. How'd you fall into it? My history? Mm -hmm. uh, I've always been interested in music. I've been writing lyrics since I was a kid. Uh, I dabbled with music, played in Stillwater on the Strip back in the early to mid-70s. And then 
did other things for about 25 or 30 years and then fell back into it again. Uh, in the last 10 years, we've been hosting the Tuesday Night Music Club in Cushing, and we've had a lot of wonderful folks come through there. Tell us more about that. Well, it's just a, it's just a uh, singers and songwriters and pickers and players of all types and varieties just stopping on Tuesday at our house. And all levels, like kids show up and play their stuff. Yeah, yeah, and we got we've got beginners that know one chord, and mm -hmm. you know, and people that are looking to learn that third chord, and then we've got touring pros that you know that come through. Yeah. It's in my it's in my girlfriend's house. Yes. Uh, DJ, she's the she's the queen of Tuesday night. Absolutely. We'll be celebrating our tenth year in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. We have to make it back out there. I think it's an awesome thing to offer up. Like people come and learn and they they hone in on their craft and they get better and you guys offer advice and Gene Collier who wrote Boys from Oklahoma, he's been doing this with us since that time. And we, we agreed one time that if we had to have rules we would have to just call it quits and go home. So So anyhow we uh, we've had a we had a wonderful run. Good. You've been at Tuesday Night Music Club because I've been with you. What do you, you think about it? That was that was the first time I ever met Rick. I've been hearing about you for months of leading up to that, you know. But I love it, and it's like that, that outlet of having somewhere to go for all levels. You know, you, you can practice in your room all you want, but unless you apply yeah, applied science, you know, and having a place with no judgment to do that is awesome for. And when, when we started, there were no paying gigs on Tuesday night. Now there are, so yeah. so it's kind of it's kind of the, the crowd has changed. And I've heard the story stories where like 15 year old Parker Millsap, his mama was bringing him to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she drove him until he got his license. And yeah. Then, and then he pretty soon took off. Yeah. And he's getting married. Very nice. We actually had to get a refund on our tickets. We bought tickets to a show tonight before we realized Gypsy Cafe was falling on the same one. But the moment we realized Gypsy Cafe, we were like, can we get a refund? I'm sorry. It was a sold out show too. We love Dan folks, his fiddle player. Daniel, I've been knowing Daniel a long time. We used to play bluegrass together. And man, that dude, like, that's one of the best fiddle players out there in my opinion. Welcome. You want to tell us who you are? Oh, I just was coming to say hi to these That's guys. That's okay. We're recording a podcast. You can be oh. on it. Oh, yeah. I'm Zach. I'm Zach Wenzel is my name. Welcome, Zach. I just, I just look up to these guys. I had to come out here. Not, I mean, literally with, with Kevin. <laughs> yeah, well, we all, look up, we all look up to these Zach. Yes, sir. I just came over here to say hi to these guys. That's okay. Tell us a little bit about you and your music. Uh, I don't know if you want to know anything about my music. Sure it's, we do. Uh, Three chords and a lyric, some lyrics. There you go. Uh, That's the way to start. You know, not a not a phenomenally good guitar player, but everybody starts somewhere. Got to church it up a little bit, and hammer on, you. make people think you know you're good. Know what you're doing? No, it's my third third year. I think I played in Jim's Cafe. Uh, How did that all come about for you? I think I bugged them enough that they finally let me in. Is <laughs> that <laughs> so why you gotta do it sometimes? Yeah, I, I, I messaged Katie Dale so many times. She finally was like, "Would somebody please let this guy in this Gypsy Cafe so he'll leave me alone?" <laughs> I've been going since it started. I've been I've been coming to Gypsy Cafe since it started. So, what's your favorite part of it? Uh, getting to see all my friends. Probably the best part. Like then the music's the second best. You know, getting to hear everybody's new stuff. But just getting everybody at the same place at the same time is kind of cool. Magical. Getting to talk to everybody, see how their years going. So hey, Zach, tell us about your beginnings into the music scene. Lots of bluegrass. <laughs> Lots of flat and scrubs. Bill Monroe, J.D. Crow in the New South. <laughs> 
did that up until I went to college for a semester for it. Majored in banjo. Nice. That's a great college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a the college. Yeah, go right that degree. I might go back to school for that. <laughs> I left out of there. Came home for about a month or so, and then joined up with the Quails. Did that for two and a half, three years, I think it was. That was a fun run. That was a fun run. It was a good time. <laughs> I mean, I never really knew that any of this existed before that. I'd always been so tied to the bluegrass thing, and then join up with those guys, and you hear all these stories about everybody and all these great songwriters. And, uh, and I was like, all right, well, it's just Gypsy Cafe thing. Shut up here, but yeah, now I'm with. I've been with Jason Eady for three years now. That's about all I got going on. Yeah, but you guys travel far mm-hmm. with Jason Eady. We get around. We uh, we're starting again like in July. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, it's good to have some time off though this year. It's been nice. Kind of getting going a little crazy now though. I'm ready to get out and, and do it again. But, yeah, getting stir crazy, yeah. huh? Yes, absolutely. Staring at a wall. You can practice so much, you know. Yeah. You're like, oh, I gotta do, get out there and do oh. this. Yeah. Ben, what about you? How'd you jump into this? Uh, my dad. My dad played music my whole life, wrote songs, uh, all Christian songs. Uh, he was a pastor growing up, so nice. I always had that. Uh, he never pushed it on me or anything. I, I didn't even start playing guitar until I was about 19 years old. Uh, I asked my dad, I said, I want to learn. And he goes, here's G, C, and D. Yeah. He goes, Bob Dylan wrote a million songs with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what he said, yeah. And, and uh, he, he let me, he made me play the electric when I went to my mom's because it didn't make any sound when it wasn't plugged in. So yeah. <laughs> I had to leave the acoustic at his house. But, uh, yeah, I ended up learning, and uh, my dad actually didn't think I was going to stick with it. He goes, out of all your brothers, you're the one that stuck with it. You're also the one I didn't think was going to stick with it. <laughs> Showed you. But now it's just, I mean, it's all I can do now, you know, it's uh keeps me sane. How long sure. have you been doing it now? Yeah. Huh? How long have you been doing it now? Uh, playing gigs probably 15 years. So yeah. I lived in St. Louis for a little bit and uh, that's kind of where I kind of started playing out and stuff. So yeah. So tell us about your album Uh Who I Am. It's uh, seven songs on there. All original. I got uh, a lot of them are co-writes with uh, friends and family. Uh, and then I got a few on there that I wrote by myself, but uh, I've had some of the songs, it was my first album, yeah. so uh, some of the songs I've had for years. 12 years, you know, and it yeah. was really cool to finally record them. I got a lot of people who was like, man, we got to record that song, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> then I was actually in the studio, and then it was it made it real, and uh, kind of, I don't know, broke my cherry, I guess, on that, <laughs> but uh, now all I want to do is record, yeah. Yeah. you know, and after you do you know do one it's it's amazing what comes from it too what's the title of it who i am okay and what are some yeah. of the players you have on it uh <laughs> there's a lot uh chris moore played some keys on it uh kyle reed played uh steel um mike sadaway played on it he played some uh, slide on the the fifth track on there and it goes uh james purdy playing some drums uh, Blake Lankford played some drums on it. Uh, Andy Adams on the harp. You used to have a whole bunch of different Stephen people. Tillman played yeah. bass all the way through it. Nathan Lanier played uh, Dobro and uh, some guitar as well. Good lineup. Hope I'm not missing anybody, honestly. That's okay. They can go look it up. Where can they find it? Where can they listen to it? Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, everything. Look it Everywhere. up. Listen. I also did a uh, review. Please follow on me it. on Spotify, too. Yes, you did. You did a review. I did a review. You can look it up too, yeah. on littleokeyland.com and go read it. Yeah. It's good. Which uh, what's one of the venues you would like to play at? Uh, like to play at? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
what used to be the Blue Door, but I did my CD release there, and I've been playing there ever since there. But uh, that's, uh, that's by far my favorite venue to play at. It is uh, a good venue. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a, a dream to play at Red Rock, obviously. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of all kinds of instruments, what all do you play, Haystack? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's your list? Um, how long do you got? Yeah. <laughs> he kills it. Everything but the drums. Yeah, basically. I can't do that thinking and doing two different Dobro, things. Dobro, whatever you want. Dobro, guitar, fiddle, mandolin, banjo. What's the Indian guitar? Sitar. Sitar. Yeah, yeah. that. That would be cool. I bet, I bet if you gave him five minutes, I dabble, I dabble in the bass every now and then, but I leave that up to the professionals usually. But. We got somebody new here. You want to introduce yourself? Bryce Dykus. Bryce Dykus. How are you today? Listening in. That's okay. You can jump in with your stories. Tell us about your music. That's what we're here for. Uh, just hanging out. This is my uh, third year here at Gyps Cafe. Very nice. And how did you come about coming here and play? Um, I played a couple Red Dirt reliefs. The first one I played, so it was like 13 or 14 from Chad Solons out mm-hmm. at, uh, at Elwood. So that was the first time I got hooked up with Red Dirt Relief and then I just kind of stayed in touch with them since then. Nice. Well, we were talking about stories earlier about the farm and Childers and Skinner. Has anybody got a good Skinner story they want to share? I do it every year. Rick, I know you got something. Rick's got something. A Skinner story. I bet Haystack has one too. No, I can't think of one. Or just a farm story, children, any of our greats. The the best farm story I've got is today. Yeah. My girlfriend told me that she spent the night once up there in the wall for that barn over there. And I said, do you want to tell me more about that? And she said, no. No. <laughs> Way to go, DJ. Way to go, so DJ. So I have to just use my imagination. Uh, I just called her out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyone got another one? Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm going to have to drop that. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. I mean... Were you around you know, for I the spook light story? I didn't. I didn't spend that much time with around Skinner as much as as much as I was around the music so much. I never really got a chance to like really sit down and like hang and play with him. Yeah. My first memory here is just being here for the jam afterwards. That first time and be like, man, this is my thing. Right here. I remember when it, when he started the. the the science project. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. He called me and said, "I want you to come to come and play." And I said, "Sure." Every time he booked me, they closed the venue <laughs> the, week, the week before, <coughs> and finally Still got to do it when, they, when they did it at Hardwood Sports Bar across from Skelly Stadium. I finally got to do this uh, with the uh, well with another with a gal who mm-hmm. is from Tulsa, who's a tremendous songwriter. But grooms poodles for a living. Nice. <laughs> because he doesn't like to deal with crowds. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. We had a wonderful night that night. He said, we're going to do this again. And the next week, they shut him out of hardwoods oh, no. and moved him somewhere else. Uh. <laughs> so that that was kind of, that's my, my Skinner yeah. connection. And Bob Childress, Childress uh, the first time I met him, I was playing in somebody's backyard. It was after dark. And I didn't, I couldn't see mm-hmm. dark. And I finished one of my songs, Slow and Steady. And he came over and rubbed me on the head. For good luck, and I looked at that, and it was it was children's. And he said, "I want I, I need some of your good luck to rub off on me." 
Well, in about four months, he was dead and I was bald. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so, God bless Bob. Yeah. Yeah. I gave you hair. That's awesome. <laughs> he, was a, he was a great songwriter. Yeah, absolutely. If you could um, have one word to describe him, what would it be? Bob Children. Yeah, just one word. <laughs> Sunshine. Sunshine. That's a good one. That is a good one. I, I never. Yeah, yeah, that was just it. And just, just goodness. Yeah. Just goodness. That's, that's what I remember. And, and I, the first time I heard him play, I didn't understand what the big deal was. He stopped halfway through the song and I got a cigarette from somebody. And then tried to tune his guitar and then stopped. And then started telling a song about an uncle out in North Carolina. And the kids were just with rapt attention, and I thought, what's this all about? <laughs> and then after, after he finally got through with his story, and then picked up the song where he, where he left Stop. it, uh-huh. and finished, I thought, I'm glad I stayed through this, yeah. because I learned something. <laughs> Very good. Very nice. I think everybody's wrapping up and about to head down to the Gypsy Cafe proper. Before we do that, tell us where we can find your music, guys. Mine is uh, bragsaydikus.com, also iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, and everywhere else. Do you have a certain social media that you use more than others? Um, I do not use Twitter. I, <laughs> I do not use that at all. But uh, Instagram and Facebook, I'm with the Bryce Dykes and the series. That's where all the other stuff is. Nice. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I have uh, ZachWenzelMusic.com. Thanks but, for having us out there. Uh, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. But pretty terrible at it, so if you message me or something, just give Be me patient. a couple days. <laughs> Be patient. Yeah, wait about a month. Bryce knows. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now you have an album that we're waiting to drop, right? Well, yeah, I've been waiting for a couple of years. Yeah. Got, I got 27 cuts recorded, and, but anyhow, we're still, we're still. Hey, DJ. Yeah, I got a new album. Anyhow, yeah. Nick Riley in Facebook, R E I L E Y is my last name. Very nice. Spotify, CD Baby. We're looking fantastic. forward to it. Yes. Rick Riley is one of my favorites. He's a fantastic He is amazing, yeah. He's, he's, amazing he's a prolific songwriter. Very, very uh, humble person. Absolutely. He's a phenomenal songwriter. Absolutely. And Gene Collier. Oh, yeah. We love Gene. Where's Gene? I don't know. I don't what about you? Where can we find you at? I don't have any of my own music, but he's a magic if you man. want to follow the music stuff, Instagram, Haystack Foster 56 and then uh, jsneedy.com, all the iTunes stuff, the album's called I Travel On. We're fixing to release a full studio recordings of it, like a double LP release awesome. um, of these songs that we did. We had minutes after we stopper <laughs> minutes of just jamming and then yeah. we finally cut it off so we're releasing all that again that's good those that's are the awesome. best ones yeah. kevin welch tune and everything so oh, good. it'll be good if you guys come through oklahoma we'll have to catch you up and do a Absolutely. podcast with all of you definitely uh, look, take a look at the blue door because that's where we go every time we come through so just look for the pretty one yeah yeah we've got a face for podcast the one that's pretty one with the cool t-shirts what about you ben where can we find you uh i got a facebook music page ben brock music uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stu- stuff is Ben Brock Music, uh, BenBrock.net. It's my website. Uh, it's got all my shows on it and stuff. Uh, uh, band manager or whatever. The, uh, the I'm trying to think of what it's called, but I'm on there. All my schedules on there as well. Uh, yeah, it's Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. You can find my music. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us today.
Such a privilege to be